0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
2: Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast. This is the scoop UNC's premier football recruiting podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by the great Don Callahan. What's going on, Don? Not too much. Just, uh, you know, that you know that saying people use
3: often, you know, forever, you know, same crap, different day. It's actually literally how it is nowadays because it's, you know, not much changes. So it was, not, I know we're going to get into a little bit more, but it was nice um, last week on Friday to kind of get out and, and cover a uh, an actual announcement sort of thing. But other than that, everything is pretty much the same. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there's really nothing
2: to say. I mean, what, what about you? I mean, is there anything boy, different? Every time I ask you that, you always say, oh, not too much. It's always the same couple words. Oh, not too much. I'm just little old Don here. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, every, every day is kind of the same. There's just tons of content. NFL draft this week. So, I'm working on some stuff with Jason Strobridge. Uh, Greg's got stuff on Charlie Heck. We had them available on Monday. Uh, Michael Jordan, Doc, still working on stuff with that. Roy Williams had an interview on a radio show. About 20 minutes was really good. So, how you excited know, staying are you, real busy. How well, excited
3: are you for the um, NFL draft, considering that we haven't had anything really sports-related other than the Michael Jordan Doc on Sunday? But we haven't had anything sports-related for about a month.
2: Yeah, Um I like the draft. I usually watch the first round. Um, I feel like there's just a little less hype around it this year. I, don't, I think I just haven't been watching much ESPN. I watched a little bit of their um, – they did like a, a mock draft with all their team reporters yesterday. I caught a little bit of that to see the Panthers are going to take. I hope the Panthers get Isaiah Simmons. But, yeah, I'll watch it. It's to interesting to see how it works out. And then I'll pay attention to where Strobridge and heck and any of the other UNC players um, – I hope hope Crawford can get a chance somewhere. Um, I was Dorn, Dominic Gross, those guys. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of intrigued to see how they're gonna do it. But you know, it's a it's a appointment TV. I think I watch it every year. You? Yeah,
3: I I used to be like
2: a huge
3: junkie to where I would read just about everything and be fully educated on not even the first round, second round, third guy round guys, but all the way through. Um, I've kind of fallen off a little bit the last few years, but I am excited for this time because we haven't had a whole lot going on. So, um something i'm looking forward to i'm starting to kind of read up on it and and get uh as educated as i can in the next couple days but uh i guess it's tomorrow really right we're recording this on on
2: wednesday so yeah it's tomorrow yeah you alluded to first of all did you watch the mj doc michael jordan
1: doc i
3: did i did surprisingly um my wife who i've mentioned before is not a big sports fan at all and surprisingly she was like yeah let's 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 watch this and we (laughs) so we watched the first we watched both, but we fell asleep during the during the uh, the second episode. But then the next day, she was like, "Hey, what, can we can we? We're old people, okay? We fall asleep early." Um, and uh, she's like, "Hey, can we watch that second that second episode?" So we end up watching the second episode on when on on Monday and plan on watching was it the the third and fourth on Sunday, right? I'm assuming yes. you watched it. I mean, I think it's a given, right?
2: Yeah, every Sunday there's gonna be two episodes for five weeks. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. A lot of UNC in the first first episode, a lot of roley Williams, and uh, it was awesome. And it was kind of cool because everyone, I feel like everybody on Twitter, all you know, all your sports fans are watching it, all your friends. So it was kind of appointment television around the whole country. Um, yeah, so everybody was talking about it on Twitter because you know, I follow mostly UNC people and sports people and people to be watching it, and so it was kind of crazy. Um, but not only, the first, first but not not only on Everybody twitter
3: yeah, but not only on twitter because obviously i'm sure you're you're following people who would typically watch it but they talked about it on like the today show yeah. and on cnn so it was it was more kind of mainstream i think a lot of that is because there's just nothing going on you know what i mean as far as sports are concerned so it's anything sports related you know the whole thing with with uh, gronkowski coming out of retirement and being traded to tampa bay is like on regular news which is kind of crazy to me i just i just yeah. feel like maybe i'm wrong i just feel like something like that wouldn't make the regular news but does because nothing going on
2: for sure all right well don alluded to it he had a big friday he went to kernersville for the commitment of Ra rah dilworth and during that live stream the inside carolina carried on the youtube page and, and through inside carolina uh three-star offensive lineman jerry wilson popped in and also committed that was a surprise to me, surprise to everyone. But I'm assu- everyone, but I'm assuming Ben and Don. And so UNC landed two commitments on Friday to move their class to 14 total to secure the number two class, or I guess move to number two in the nation in 24/7 Sports recruiting rankings. Passing Clemson, and now Clemson drops because they lost a five star yesterday. So it's it's uh, Ohio State, UNC, Florida, Clemson now in the rankings. UNC securely in the top five right now. Uh, So that is going to be the main part of our podcast. We are going to get to that last. We're going to talk first about some of Don's weekly scoop about the new facility. And mostly what I found the most interesting part was a quote from Tony Grimes, his father. Of course, Tony Grimes is the the top cornerback in the country from the Virginia Beach area, uh, number seven in the nation overall. And his dad's mentioned things to say. We're then going to um, just talk about that a little bit because Don did talk to almost, almost all the commits and a lot of big targets about the new renovations to Keene Stadium. We're then going to jump into the commitments of Jared Wilson and Rod Rod Dilworth from Friday, all about that, what they mean for UNC, what they bring to UNC, this recruiting class in general, and then we'll close with um, kind of what went into securing, from a media perspective, for Don to go to their house during the quarantine and, and su- kind of surprise, you know, this community of UNC football recruiting with a double commitment and how he set that up and everything and what went into kind of getting those two guys on board or it was airplane. I don't, I don't even know. I didn't talk to you about it at all because I want to save it for the podcast. So I have no idea what went into that. That's gonna be the last thing we talk about. That's the order we're going to move the top five to the next time we record. Top five is the top five things you've been uh, doing differently or added to your regiment during the quarantine. We've gotten a bunch of submissions. If you want to submit, please do uh, email. The
3: top top five, you got the top five wrong. It's that was what we did last time. The top five is the top five things um, that you miss. They can't wait to come back. You Uh said the top five things you're doing
2: differently. Yeah, I'm losing it. Okay, top five things you miss. So we've got a lot of submissions for that. So email Don, message him on Inside Carolina, or DM him on Twitter. Talked a lot, and that's it. Anything else to add, Don?
3: No, just uh, make sure when you submit your top five, which is the top five um, that you miss, can't wait for it to come back. Send it on me on Twitter, at Don Callahan IC, on Inside Carolina's message board, Don Callahan, one word emails don at inside please make sure you include your first name and location just so that we can add a little bit of color to this um and really um i want to get some more some newer newer um submissions there's been a lot of the same guys which i love i, I love that the regulars um but want to kind of expand that regular community out and the only way we're going to do that with, is with some new submissions
2: awesome okay let's get into content here So the weekly scoop was great. It focused, I would say, of course, this is for premium subscribers. It focused on recruits and commitments reactions to the kind of facelift to Keenan inside the uh, Keenan Football Center. Greg has a great story, as you alluded to. He released it on Monday about kind of what went into that, what they changed. A lot of new graphics, uh, a lot of just kind of – Not necessarily remodeling, but kind of changing things. I I guess it would be a remodel. Some video screens, different coloring in different sections of the building. A facelift, I think, is a good uh, way to say that. So definitely check out that video. Check out Greg's article. And then check out the Weekly Scoop with Don breaking down um, the reactions from commits and recruits. He also talked to a lot of players about how they are working out um, during the the coronavirus quarantine. But I wanted to pull up one comment from Tony Grimes' father. Of course, this is the elite target at cornerback. I think a guy at UNC, maybe not, is leading for, but seems to be in a, a pretty decent spot for him. And he's Deion Glover. He said, nothing has been done since Mac Brown was there before, and now that he's back, I think he's bringing things up to speed to visually compete with what the other schools are doing. And it's just a great look for football for the football program. New air. Mac Brown is back. Let's get a fresh new look. Let's show the people. That we're serious about our football program, I think it's a look. I think it looks fantastic. That platinum and Carolina blue looks really good. It looks very crisp. I can't wait to see it. Oh, those are pretty crazy words. Using we, using uh, us about Mack being Brack and change that up. What, what did you think about what he uh, what he said and 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 where UNC really is with Tony Grimes right now?
3: Yeah. So as far as like what he said, I think you kind of look at it and um, it just contrasts nicely with what a parent or an adult or a coach because he's, he's actually also the coach at uh, princess and high school um how they kind of describe things as opposed to a high school kid which is the rest of uh this list of guys um you know th- they're going to go a little bit more detail they have a lot more experiences to c- kind of compare so that's the big part of that and plus i mean deon glover is great at describing things in general um i've i speak to him on a I guess a weekly basis now and uh, he's always very animated, always very descriptive, has a lot of things to say. And really, you know, he, at least he has kind of bought into a lot of what's going on in North Carolina and has I said, was a really strong relationship with Dre Bly. As far as Tony Grimes is concerned, you know, it came out with a top eight, I guess it was like a, I guess it was like a week or two ago now uh, North Carolina was on it. Um, you know, uh, I think the, North Carolina's stiffest competition within that eight. Georgia, who I believe is is the team to beat right now. Ohio State's in there, although I think eventually Ohio State could kind of fall out, could kind of fill up before it's time for Grimes to make his decision, which is not until December 1st. And then Clemson, which, you know they kind of um, hurt themselves a little bit with some things that went on a couple of weeks ago. We cover that in one of the prior weekly scoops, but it's Clemson. So, you, so if any school can kind of rebound from that, you got to expect them to, um, there's a what, couple what, other programs. Sorry, what did Clemson do? What happened there? Well, I don't want to give away too much, but we did cover it in the weekly scoop, just um, how they, how they approached a, you know, their recruiting of uh, of Tony Grimes and, and really kind of set them back a little bit in some kind of, viewed it as a situation that almost eliminated Clemson, but I, but I feel like Clemson slowly kind of regaining the ground that it lost, uh, but still, still has a lot of work to do in that department. Um, and then, you know, just it being Clemson, it, it's just a, um, you know, you kind of expect them to have the ability to, to rebound and, 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 and get
2: back on track with him. Do you know when uh, uh, Grimes plans to make a decision? December 1st that's what he is set and that and he it
3: sounds like a lot of guys and you know this Ross. a lot of guys say oh I'm going to decide then or this time and all that and and it ends up not being the case for a lot of different reasons either they start to realize that they won't have those all the options that they have now if they wait that long Um, and sometimes they're just they end up finding a school but I think this is a kid who definitely wants to go through the entire process. His family definitely enjoys the process and wants to go through the process. And um, they have the ability to, to wait until December 1st because, you know, I mentioned Ohio State could fill up by them. But most other schools that want him, almost all the schools that want him, will wait it out for him. North Carolina is definitely
2: one of those programs. Of course. And, uh, you know, this is a, a big recruitment, the type of recruitments that UNC needs to win to get to the elite, elite level beating out uh Clemson. I mean it's 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 turning into where UNC is competing but but often losing out to Clemson, I think, in a lot of big recruitments. And that's we have to win a couple of those to um to get to that level. Georgia too, you know, teams like Tennessee, Ohio State, et cetera. Okay, great. Tony Grimes. So definitely check out the Scoop. he talked Don talked to over twenty prospects, it seems like, for both scoop on how they're doing strength and conditioning during this time. Both players or both mostly recruits and then also the thoughts on the new facility. Take a break now and talk about Johnny T-shirt and giant t-shirt.com. They are our loyal podcast sponsors located right on Franklin Street and online at giant t-shirt.com. They have the greatest selection, the best customer service, and are a local company. And during this time, we definitely want to support all the local companies. Uh, right now they're really promoting their Jordan, you know, jerseys, Jordan material along with the MJ Doc, a lot of hype around him. So make sure you check them out and get what you need. Jordan Wise, where they have great sweatshirts, great hats. Anything you want, the store is packed full of stuff. If you're an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber, you can hop on and, uh, and get the 10% off discount code on the premium message boards. That really makes a difference when you're buying a lot of stuff for your friends and family. So Johnny T-Shirt, right on Franklin Street and johnnytshirt.com. Support them. You support us. and allows us to do what we do with all these great podcasts. And now I'm going to take one more quick break. We'll be right back.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With Fuel Cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at NewBalance.com. All
2: right, we are back, and we're going to get into what I've been looking forward to talking to Don about is the double commitment of Ra Ra Dilworth, a four-star defensive, uh, four-star four, four linebacker from Kernswood North Carolina, and Jared Wilson, a three-star, a high three-star offensive guard. Winston-Salem. They committed together at the same ceremony. Don was there. we we're first going to get into kind of what these commitments mean and their game. And then we'll talk about, you know, the whole setup for this double commitment, which I don't think has ever happened before, at least in my memory. All right, Don. So what's this mean for UNC? I mean, I mean in terms of the number of takes UNC has now, the change of the class, and then we'll get to what they bring as players. So as far as what they bring
3: to the table, I mean, I've been speaking highly of Ra-Ra Dilworth for a while i mean he's and this has been my my stance on him is that if you have a creative defensive coordinator Ra-Ra will be a absolute standout at least an all conference player probably you know a candidate to be an all american just because of his his explosive ability and his ability to to make plays all over the field um he, he still would be a solid guy if you kind of just keep him at the linebacker position, but I really think he's a guy that you need to move around and you need to have him line up on the line and just, just out of nowhere, just kind of line up on the line and just blitz the, uh, the quarterback. But at the same time, you know, maybe have him fake a blitz, but then pop out and jump into the secondary and, and, um and kind of have, have a, a, a zone that he, that he's manning because he's just so athletic. So, um, so, so in, so in instinctive, um and just so explosive. I mean, he has a, a, a track speed. Uh, he's been timed at a 107 in the 100-meter dash. Um but with all of his abilities have have definitely transferred to production on the high school level. He's credited with I think it's over 220 tackles last season as as a junior. I mean, I'm not and I'm not this this is coming from his Max Preps website, okay? Um on top of that, he is um, one of those kids who everybody around his program speaks of just his work ethic and just what he does off the field, in the weight room, constantly always preparing himself. He's definitely a a person who's self-made. And I think that's really important because what usually – I mean, everybody everybody who enters college at the P5 level, they all have abilities. They all were the the best players on their high school teams – And what kind of separates them is the the ones who are willing to do the work. And he has already proven that he wants to do the work. Um, Now, with with Garrett Wilson, he's a guy who I'm probably high on more than than others. And I think a lot of that is the fact that he only has his film really to rely on as far as um, evaluations are concerned. He wasn't able to participate in any of the showcase camps or even any of the college camps. Last year, because of a minor i think it was a knee, spra- a knee sprain sort of issue, and he fully intended on participating in some of the showcase camps this year, but the coronavirus pandemic came in and and canceled all those those um uh those camps uh, but i you know he's he's great size um six four three hundred three hundred twenty five pounds but but is within that size he's still so agile and so quick. And you watch his film and he just gets out to the second level so quickly. He's able to turn the corner on, um, on pull blocks, um, you know, with, with the agility and quickness of a skill player. So he's a guy that you can do a lot of different things. You can get him out in space and he's a massive body. Uh, Definitely takes up a bunch of space and can, can eat up block, eat up defenders for you.
2: Okay, so let's go. Let's back up a little bit. Um, ra Rod Dilworth. So, do you think he could play kind of a nickel back position? I know uh, Bateman's kind of said they need a bigger body there. Um, you know, Dominique Ross played it a little bit last year. He doesn't want Trey Morrison play as much because he's not as small. He, he's too small. What, what do you think about that? Or do so, you think he's the linebacker who can just be flexible?
3: Yeah. So I think I think he could kind of do that Dominique Ross role only expanded a little bit maybe give him more responsibilities in the secondary, but also, you know, like they use with Dominic Ross, have him sometimes line up on the second level with the linebackers and then ha- sometimes have him right up at the line of scrimmage. You know, that that sort of thing. I think that he gives Bateman a lot of different options on how to use him. And and I think the key is if he turns out to be the um uh, playmaker that I expect him to be being able to move him around so much makes it so difficult on the offense because the quarterback is only going to know where he's at right at the snap of the ball, you know, because of, he's not just, just a linebacker. So you don't have to only kind of see, okay, where is he at in the linebacking group? You know, he could be on the line of scrimmage. He could be in the secondary and you have to basically make adjustments. You as a quarterback have to make adjustments to that, um, Based off of where he's at and, and adjustments to to your play call, which which puts more pressure, without even the play being being um, started, more pressure on the quarterback and on the other players on the on the offense.
2: Well, personality wise, what does Ra Ra bring? You mentioned he's a hard worker. Like, what kind of person is he when you talk to him? And personality wise,
3: well, he's he's definitely a likable kid. Uh, everybody seems to. To um, kind of gravitate gravitate towards him. He's not loud. He's not uh, boisterous. But a lot of people seem to be drawn to him because he just kind of just tucks his head down and just works hard. And he does a lot of people notice that he does a lot of the the, the things that a lot of other people don't want to do in the weight room. You know, on this on the side. Um, you know, during this this uh, pandemic, he's he works out. Every single day, for for several hours a day, where a lot of other guys are, you know, getting in their hour or two, he spends the majority of his his days working out with uh, with teammates. I think he goes to one of his te- his uh, teammates' houses to to lift. Um, does a lot of uh, field work and all that sort of stuff. So he's the kid who's reaching out to his teammates and saying, "Hey, I'm going to go work out. Do you want to come with me?" And that sort of thing.
2: Gotcha. All right. So he is 6'2, uh, 185 right now. He's ranked number 223 in the nation, number 17 outside linebacker. You know, I'm reading his 24 7 sports profile analysis, and he calls him, you know, thin, lean frame. He's going to have to add, um, he has some muscle mass, but, but very little bulk. I we'll need to add considerable mass to his frame to play linebacker in college, but may not top out over 220 pounds. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, you look at him, he, he's, not very, he's not very big at all, but, you know, he, he plays. I think he plays pretty big. What do you think about his size and what he can add? And and it says here his frame is 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 pretty small, where he might have some trouble adding on the weight he needs.
3: Yeah, that was the biggest knock on him for the longest time. For for those who follow this recruitment, you'll remember that really up until probably January, his best offer was Virginia Tech, and the rest of his offers were were group of five schools. And then schools just finally realized, okay, this kid can play. I love his film. I understand the fact that – you know, North Carolina was in this, was in this boat where there were like, I understand that he isn't the biggest kid. He doesn't have the frame to add the bulk. He's not the longest kid, but he makes plays. And there are players who do excel despite the fact that they, they aren't the biggest. Um, and you look at him. The thing that stood out to me when I first met him is that he literally is bones – and then just muscle on top of those bones. And it just kind of speaks to the fact that he spends so much time working out but has really kind of struggled to to add the weight and and that might might uh kind of um fix himself once he I guess matures and gets to a college program and he's able to actually to hold on to weight. I think he's one of those kids right now that he probably eats a whole lot and then just goes and works out all day long. And all those carbs, all that stuff that that normally would kind of catch onto his body is just being burned during his workouts.
2: Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, when he gets to the – if he has the opportunity to go to the NFL, if if he'll – his his frame will limit his ability to play linebacker, and he ends up being more of a hybrid safety at that level too, like you, you've spoken about.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's definitely the case with him. And that's what some of the evaluators are looking at is that – you know, as far as a NFL draft prospect, if if he kind of continues on this path, and obviously there's a lot of things that can change between now and then, but he is probably more of a hybrid safety linebacker sort
2: of guy. Yeah. Great. All right, Ra-Ra Dilworth. I'm pushing to get his name change on his profile to Ra-Ra. <laughs> okay. His mom does call him
3: Ranierea, so I don't know if that matters. I think it's more of like his friends call him Ra-Ra because a lot of people – I guess don't think they could pronounce Rania. Um, Yeah, it's
2: hard to spell too.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I I still struggle. I got to remember E before I. Yeah. Um, when when you're spelling it out, but uh, yeah,
2: I don't. You can mention it to him because I changed uh I changed Leaky's profile from uh, Leaky Black because he mm-hmm. was listed as Rayshawn Black. There's a couple of guys that you can, I mean, if that's what they go by, you can change it on his profile and that way for inside look here you tag these players there's a button that says tag all and it tags all the names that come up in the system and if you type out rah-rah it won't tag him right now because his name's listed as ranaria so well the other thing is
3: is like is "ra ra" is the r-a space r-a or is it r-a-r-a
2: and i would so, go yeah i will go no space
3: yeah i think no space is is the way that he goes with
2: at least on his twitter account capital r all we right, talk about the on. important things on this podcast that's right OK, moving on to Jared Wilson, you mentioned him a little bit. Um, you know, I, I guess my question is, he, he, he decommitted from Georgia. He was there for committed to Georgia for three or four months, I guess. And then, you know, after a month of, of being a free agent committed to UNC, what kind of went, went into that? I think in some interviews I've seen that he really did want to stay close to home and he has younger brothers he wants to see grow up. And that played a role in that.
3: Well, I think the first domino to fall with this was Sam Pittman leaving Georgia. He had yeah. established a very, very strong relationship with Jarrett Wilson. And Wilson tried to um tried to, I guess, have a similar relationship with uh Georgia's new offensive line coach, whose name escapes me. He was the former uh, old Miss Old Miss head coach, yeah. Yeah, head coach.
2: Um, I forget his name too.
3: Yeah. So anyway, so he tried to, to establish a similar relationship, realized that it just wasn't happening. Um, but at that same time, he started to kind of, I guess, think a little bit more about staying closer to home. He has three younger brothers who I talked to him and his mother more about. Um, apparently, they, they, at least according to Jarrett, um, he feels his younger brothers are going to be way better prospects than than he is his the oldest of the younger brothers is actually already six two and i think he's like 13 years old so um Jeez. definitely already has a size and if he can if he adds a couple more inches that's that's going to be significant for him um so he wanted to be closer to 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 them so he can go to their games and and watch them grow and, and be a um a, you know, a figure in their life, sort of thing. But really, the the I guess driving force was Sam Pittman leaving to become the head coach at at Arkansas. Uh, but t- before he actually decommitted, he took two visits to North Carolina. Uh, so North Carolina definitely became, um, I guess, on his mind more towards the end of his uh, tenure as a Georgia commit.
2: Matt Luke was the is the new offensive line coach at Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, former I think he coached at Duke as well. Um. Okay, Jerry Wilson, when he slid into that that pitcher, I mean, you could tell huge thighs. I mean, a very thick, big guy. Um, what's holding him back from getting to that four-star range? I mean, he commit, committed to Georgia, highly sought out after that. It, it, what are people seeing on him that doesn't translate to, to get into that four-star range? Well, I think the thing is, is people haven't really seen him.
3: I think they've seen him on film, which is great. And that's a big piece of the puzzle. It's probably, I don't know, 80% of the puzzle. But in order to push him into that four-star range, I think some of the evaluators needed to see him in person, needed to kind of verify his size and make sure he's not 6'2", and that he's closer to 6'4", and to see if, you know, the weight that he, because he's listed at 325, and. The problem when you get into – or the concern when you get into that as your listed weight is, is he really 340, and is it a sloppy 340? Is it even – it could still be 325, and is it a sloppy 325? But really, he's more thick, I'm, and I'm sure he has some baby fat that he wants to <laughs> wants to kind of burn that he would benefit from burning. But um, I, don't, I don't think he has a whole lot of bad weight, um, but – and then also – in addition to being that size, you want to see him in person move. You want to see, you want to see if he has that agility. I've had the benefit of I've been to his practice. So I've seen a lot of these things. And and I remember the first thing I saw after I pulled up, um, I went to a practice prior to that. So I, I pulled up to the practice field midway through West Forsyth's practice that day. And it was a team drill and he was pulling, and remember seeing him pull around the corner and just his um, body control to hug that corner and just kind of stay around and, and, and to deliver a massive block onto um, the defender was just so impressive with just his, mo- his mobility, his size, and just his body control just really kind of impressed me. And I was sold from that, that point forward, but I obviously continued to watch him. Um, and in a lot of the same things, the mobility, the agility, I continue to see throughout the practice. A lot of the evaluators haven't been able to see that. So had he been able to go to an opening um, regional or um, maybe the rivals camp to kind of, I guess, pump up our rivals for <laughs> our competition a little bit, then those guys would have been able to see him and see, okay, these these things check out. We're not just seeing something on film sort of thing. And that's why – there's that's where – the camp settings are important.
2: Good stuff. I love when you just get really into talking about the body. Sloppy, lean, weight. <laughs> Baby fat. Baby fat, golly. Um, all right, great. Jared Wilson, 6'4", 325, ranked the number 390th player in the nation, so a high three-star. Number 20th offensive guard. I mean, that's, that's, that's a really high ranking. And number 22 in the state of North Carolina. Um, can you imagine him and Malik McGowan as the two guards? Yeah. Well, McGowan is even is is pretty big. <laughs> you yeah, have to lose some weight.
3: Yeah. So he's probably one of the ones who dropped because of he carries a little bit of weight that isn't good weight, you know, but he still moves fantastically
2: at his size. You're pretty high on Malik McGowan.
3: Yeah, not as high as I am on Jarrett Wilson, but I'm higher than what 24/7 has him, and a lot of it. You know, I talked to Charles Power, who was the one who kind of um, handled Malik's evaluation, and he said, you know, really, it's Charles Power isn't isn't a fan of of recruits who carry a lot of really bad weight and that's and Malik understands this Malik's a great kid and I've talked to him about this and he said you know I remember the one time I said hey we have you listed I can't remember what the weight was but it was like it was a high weight and he was like man I haven't been <laughs> I haven't been that weight in a couple of years so keep don't change it you know on on the yeah. profile but um so he completely understands that he needs to um he needs to to kind of trim down and that's been his focus this off season for sure
2: yeah, I'm looking at his profile now. He's listed at 347 um, weight, and his ranking is was 1356 in the nation. Yeah. Low. So, Ben goes on with him. Big boy. All right. Uh, cool, cool. So, Rah-Rah Dilworth and Jerry Wilson, we're now going to get into what went into their recruitment. So, we knew that Don was going to Kernsville to set – not many people really knew. We just knew there was going to be a live stream. Set up this commitment – you know, I, I'm assuming you had a video your iPhone set up to, to film um, Dilworth. And it was a quick, you know, two, three minute little ceremony with his, I guess, his mom and his, was it his sister. I think it was there. And then all of a sudden at the end, he said, I got a special guest. And from the left side of the screen, Jerry Wilson slides in next to him and then also commits to, to UNC. There was a lot of rumors going around that Wilson was close to committing within like the week. We didn't know when I didn't know when. And then, of course, it happened at the same time. It was kind of chaotic. Obviously, you had stories ready to go on both players. Um, let's get into it from the very beginning. How did this idea materialize to, to pull off this double commitment during the quarantine?
3: Well, first, did didn't it kind of feel like like WWF with the guy coming out? You know, the surprise uh, wrestler who you haven't seen in, in a couple of months is kind of coming out to save <laughs> the one other wrestler who's dying in the ring sort of thing.
2: Yeah, um, well, well, I did. I never watched wrestling growing up. Never have. Never. Never really will. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it could have been hyped a little more. It could be like, oh, you know, it could have been. I think, uh, Robert yeah, yeah. I mean, there was,
3: there, there was. I mean, the, the the thing was that that these two guys were kind of playing it themselves, and uh, and I mean, you know, they did a really good job. But I mean, in hindsight, you can always kind of look back and say, okay, we could have done this we could have done that. But as far as how it kind of went down, um. I've been covering Ra -Ra for a long time and uh, we we speak frequently. He let me know probably about two weeks before the announcement that, that even though he had just done a story with um, a competitor where he was saying, Hey, this is going to go a lot longer. I want to take more visits, all that sort of stuff. He, he let me know that um, that he was close and, and I said, well, how close? And he said, well um, not this week, but you know, I'm pretty close to making a decision. And um I said, Well, do you know the school? What yeah, you know, he said, Yeah, I have an idea what the school's gonna be, but you know, um, or or at least a couple of schools, but I'm I'm pretty close. So anyway, so the week before the actual announcement, uh I I spoke to him, um, just kind of touched base, hey, you know, said you were close, where are you at now? He said, I've already committed, committed two days ago, and I'm going to announce that to the public. In a week. And then um, that's when we actually did the interview about the um, the the final two, North Carolina and Alabama. And really, and this kind of goes back to just I think the perception sometimes with recruits is just they can be fickle. And some of them are. But I think this was more of a situation where he knew for a while it was Alabama, North Carolina. But when we initially put that out there, those are the final two schools. He got bombarded by a lot of different programs coming at him saying, Hey, wait a second. You said you're going to visit us. What, what is this? You didn't give us a fair shot, all this sort of stuff. He eventually kind of realized, Hey, I got to just stop answering these phone calls and answer these text messages. I, I want to go to North Carolina or Alabama. Let me just roll with that and try to figure out. Cause it's, it was hard enough for him to, to figure out if it was Alabama or North Carolina. Um, and, and just to be clear, he, wasn't set in North Carolina for for our longest time. He really didn't get set in North Carolina until like the week prior to um, or a couple of days prior to him actually committing to North Carolina. I know that there's been some talk about him being a silent commit for a long time. That was blatantly false. Um, anyway, so after we did the interview about the, t- the top two, he says to me, wants to do wants to do a stream, wants to know if um, if I can help him with that. We've done streams in the past for those who've, who've been longtime Inside Carolina subscribers. You know, you know we, we streamed Des Evans, streamed Miles Murphy, streamed uh, Kedrick Bigley Jones, so on and so forth. Try My- you stream Miles Murphy? Yeah, yep. And, that and was Kedrick? that Miles Murphy was in a library where the um, air conditioning wasn't working in July. So, I don't remember that one. I don't remember Kedrick either. Kedrick was right after his practice in August last year. We streamed that one. Now, when I say stream, it was they did their own announcement inside Carolina was just there to stream it so people can watch it, sort of thing. Yeah, this like was theirs. going to be a different scenario, but because of the coronavirus pandemic, <laughs> we were going to be the ones who are streaming it for everybody else in, in the public to find out what was going on, what his choice would be. So I said, cool, we could do it. Obviously, we got to gotta make sure everybody else is comfortable with it. You know, have to check up the the, uh, the chain of command in Inside Carolina. Got to check with um, Ra-Ra's mother. Um, all that sort of stuff. Because um, this is obviously very, very different because we're in a different time. So uh, about, I don't know, an hour and a half later, he calls me and says, hey, I got something. And... <laughs> I really, I've trusted you, um, with all my information. You've been really good (laughs) about that.
2: Um, I was like, Oh oh, yeah. What do you got? What do you got?
3: And he's like, I got some, I got a friend who wants to commit with me. I said, I said, okay, who? And he said, well, you got to promise me. Um, you know, he wants to, you got to promise me, you're not going to say anything to anyone else. And, um, he wants to, he wants to be a part of the stream and commit then. So I said, well, I kind of need to know who it is to know if this is feasible because I mean, if this kid lives in Georgia, this is not going to work. And I actually thought like everybody else, I mean, who would you think if, if Rob Rock came to you and said that to you, I mean, who would immediately pop in your mind?
2: Uh, Ritzy. Ritzy. Uh, Ritzy? Javari Ritzy. Yes. Same same high school.
3: Same high school. So that makes a whole lot of sense. So I immediately said, is it Ritzy? He said, nope, not Ritzy. So now I'm like, whoa, (laughs) who could this possibly be? And I knew it wasn't. Bryce Steele, because at that point we had already reported that Bryce Steele, North Carolina had had moved on from Bryce Steele. Um, that would make sense if you didn't know about Bryce Steele, because he was supposed to announce that, that same day, but he pushed it back to that the following Saturday. But anyway, so he says Jarrett Wilson. So immediately I mean, my mind is like, all right, he's in the same county. We can make this work. So um, that added a whole different dynamic to to this announcement because of the fact that now instead of just coordinating with Rara and his mother, um, and all that we have to include, um, you know, you know, speak to Jared and his parents. So, yeah. So the week between that Friday was when I had that conversation with, with Rara and the following Friday, when we actually had the announcement, there was a whole lot of back and forth, you know, with, with parents, with, um, recruits and all that sort of stuff to make sure we're on the same page. Um, you know there were some times where they were like they wanted to sit there together on on the um at the at the table um you know there was a bunch of different ideas being thrown out, and I tried to just stay out of it as much as possible and just say, "Hey, I just need to know what's going to happen so I can cover it properly, but really, I'm just going to be there to capture it, and you guys are gonna do what you gotta do as far as you know obviously we're dealing in different times as I mentioned the coronavirus and everything so to take as much precautions as possible. You know, we made sure we kept the six feet distance. Um, we purposely did it in the backyard as opposed in, as opposed to in someone's living room, because that, that kept, that made it easier to kind of keep the distance and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, and yeah, um, I mean, my, minus the the minor hiccup where we had a little bit of a problem when the stream went down for about 10, 15 minutes, uh, but we we were able to get it up in time for the actual announcement. Of four, you know, it it went um, the whole announcement went went well. Um, the plan was like like I said, the plan was um, for him to announce and then for him to say, "Hey, I got my buddy here. He wants to kind of talk to you guys." And Jarek came up and sat in and sat down and also
2: committed. And that was how they wanted to do it. There you go. So I mean have you ever seen anything like this? I mean we did uh no. I know William William Barnes and um, Ed Montillas, did they commit together? They,
3: yeah, they committed together on Sign Day and I was there for that um uh, also. Um but we that didn't wasn't. Stream, we yeah, we didn't stream that and that was kind of I think I'm trying to remember, I, I, I believe all along or at least towards the end, they had made it clear that they were going to commit to the same school. I think it was towards the end, they made that clear. So that wasn't too much of a surprise. And there's other other situations where two teammates commit together. Um, but or I mean, I think Penn State had two twins from Detroit commit together recently. Oh, two but, twins. Yeah, yeah. Well, the twins, two, <laughs> two, two teammates who are twins. Good clarifying um, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not two sets of twins, but as far <laughs> as like one guy committing and another guy kind of coming out from, uh, from off the stage and on onto the stage to actually commit. I can't remember anything like that. So, and it was great because it happened in such a perfect time. Because I, I'm assuming, at least from the numbers that we saw from the streaming, there was a lot of people watching a lot more than normal. And it was kind of exciting in a way. I mean, I think I think most UNC fans had an idea that that Rob I was going to pick North Carolina, so it that that aspect already knowing kind of took away the surprise. But the surprise was added back when you throw Jarrett Wilson into
2: the mix. Yeah, I was. Uh, you remember our intern John Bowman? I do yes uh i was texting with him and he was going crazy because he had no idea i mean i had no idea but he was like blowing me up about how crazy it was yeah yeah and and you brought a lot of joy to his to his life we've
3: um given a lot of i guess inside baseball here but you have been hounding me about the Jarrett wilson stuff for a while and and i'm like hey i can't really say anything on on that topic just know that you're already going to be ready you know, <laughs> which you probably are like, what the hell is he talking about? But I knew that you were going to have to do some stuff once um, Ra-Ra committed. So you would already be at your computer screen by the time Jarrett uh, committed. But um, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, yeah, the only, you know, just for um, planning purposes, um, I, I mean, I kept that to myself other than uh, Ben Sherman knew. Um, so just because he has to, be involved with a lot of the back the behind the scenes stuff that kind of um help with that. He's not gonna be happy that I
2: mentioned his name though. Yeah. Um yeah, that was great. I'm looking back at what John texted me. He's gonna love that I'm talking about him. He goes, What? All caps. He goes, What? exclamation point. That was actually crazy. <laughs> that was actually crazy. He like kept saying that.
3: Yeah, and it's great That was though, actually insane. It's great because I think that like because of human nature, a lot of fans kind of ruin it for themselves because they want to dig deep and find out beforehand what Rah Rah is going to do. So because of that, they already kind of sort of knew. Like you, like I mean, you knew with with pretty strong certainty that ra Rah was going to pick North Carolina over Alabama. But you know, um, and that's because all these people they they dig, they ask questions, and all that sort of stuff, which is great. I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying they kind of ruin it, ruin it for themselves. So they're watching a video usually a stream of announcement that they basically know what the selection is going to be. um, But we were able to add, or they were able to add some excitement to it, which was great.
2: Awesome. Okay. So look at the class. Now they have 11 in-state four stars. Mm -hmm. They have 13 in-state players. The two, three stars are Caleb hood and Jared Wilson. Oh no, sorry. Caleb hood, Jared Wilson, Tamir Brown are the three. Uh, three stars. Only Eli Sutton is the only in, in, non, non-in-state player. They're killing it in the class. I wrote a column about it. I don't know if you read it, Don. Did you read it, Don? I did not. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, got, it got like 200 comments on the message board. But I read a comment how it just like, everything's coming together, the perfect storm. Everything is, you know, they have their recruiting is going great right at the exact time that the 2021 class is is having so much in state talent. So it's the perfect time. You know, they had two classes already with the Mac Brown staff. They built a little momentum. They got Sam Howell they got Drake May. They went seven and six. They won the last three games. They're turning up to have more of an eight, nine win type season this year. And then the twenty twenty one class, which is the you know, has the most, has the highest ranked players, the mo the most talent you that you've ever seen in state, comes the right time for UNC when they're trending up with momentum to land all these guys and it's coming to fruition. Um, you know, you look at the class, they missed out on Evan Pryor, you know, Will Shipley and Peyton Page, who knows about them, but everybody else, you know, they're they're in for if they want, you know, maybe not this Mugabill guy, but you know, guys like Zaire Patterson, um javari Ritzy, uh the, Colby Smith, they're in there for those guys if they want to take them. Um so yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's that? yeah, I
3: mean it's um you're right. I mean, it's, it's absolutely a perfect storm for North Carolina. Um, next year is going to be interesting because in-state is at least what it looks like right now. In-state's going to be pretty, pretty bad. It's going to be, it's going to drop down a lot. And, um, it is a lot easier to recruit in-state than out-of-state, uh, for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if if, if Mac Brown and company are going to be able to replicate what they did with this class and the next class, knowing that really a good portion of it is probably going to have to come from out of state programs, out of state uh, uh, schools.
2: Yeah, and so this class will probably have you know maybe a player or two from Virginia, Georgia, South Carolina, but I mean you would you would think about 16 to 18 kids are going to be from in state. Yeah. Um, because you got Ritzy still there, who I think UNC's a good spot for. Do so they they want Colby Smith, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're still recruiting Kobe Smith. Yeah, so. Zaire Patterson. So uh, there's a lot of more pieces to add. Quick question: Are they going to add any more linebackers? I I think they're basically done. I think huh.
3: you know there's a there's definitely a scenario out there where Day Day Wilson could be part of this class, but North Carolina is happy with. The, the linebacker commits they have right now would be more than more than ecstatic to um, just just sign these linebackers and call it a day.
2: Okay, And then offensive lineman wise, they, they would like to take a, a big tackle.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Tackle tackle is um, probably another the last need. Yeah. Another another tackle is 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 there the remaining need for offensive lineman? But I mean, some even some of that, I mean, there's you know there are a lot of tackles on the board so you know a lot a lot of this stuff is so
2: fluid yeah for sure it's a good word there don all right good podcast i think we covered it um jared wilson raw rod dilworth commit to unc next week we will you know it might not be as much news so we'll tackle top five and maybe do, do another type of unique podcast with some non-newsy type uh type of information there so anything else Don? No, just um,
3: yeah, speaking of fluid, I got to use the bathroom. So let's get this rolling.
2: <laughs> All right. Hey, happy Earth Day. That's
3: right. That's right. And we're doing a good job on the Earth now that um, not everybody's commuting
2: to work every day. There you go. All right. Thanks for listening to The Scoop.
1: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.